0: Hey Husky fans! Welcome back to Fourth and Inches of Husky Podcast from Sports Illustrated Husky Maven Channel. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Jake Grant, and our guest today is former Washington State quarterback Alex Brink. Alex, thanks for coming on the show.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. My uh, obligatory go Cougs on the uh, Husky podcast. <laughs> uh,
0: well, um, I mean, uh, you ended your career in a great way. We've talked about this before. I was in attendance with. Uh, your final pass of your college career in a regular season was a touchdown at Husky stadium for the win. So, uh, um, you know what? I like you anyways. (laughs)
1: Appreciate that. Appreciate
0: that. Awesome. So let's talk about the Cougs. Of course you are the color guy for, uh, the radio broadcast. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, closer to this team than than most people so uh, let's jump right into it what is the state of the Cougar program as they transition from Mike Leach to to Nick Rolovich
1: yeah I think transition is a great word right Uh, you know Washington State is you know lost a a phenomenal coach and, and entire staff with Mike Leach and those guys heading to Mississippi State and you know they had a ton of success you know for the Cougs you know over over his run and Um, You know, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Uh, And, you know, I think Pat Chun, the athletic director though, is really fired up about the hire of Nick Rolovich because I think as he described it to me the other day on a show we have um, on the weekends, he said, you know, it feels like it fits like a glove. And I think that's very true. Nick Rolovich is high energy. He is, Personnel wise, the guys fit his offensive system, the defensive staff he hired from Wyoming, Jake Dickard and those guys, they, you know, what they are going to bring is going to fit the, the um, you know, the personnel as well. So you know, I think the state of, a pro- in, of the program is in transition, but has a chance to continue to flourish if, um, you know, the kids buy in to what Coach Rolovich and the staff are, are, are bringing to them. And then, frankly, if they overcome a lot of the challenges everybody else is is facing right now during this kind of COVID season,
2: where do the coaching staff, in particular, RollaVich stand with the fan base of Washington State?
1: I, I, he's done a really good job. He's been one of the guys uh, in during kind of COVID, so to speak, and kind of this entire time that. In the Pac-12, I felt has like, really connected with his fan base, and he's brand new, which is incredible. I mean, you know, he's did things like, you know, he's on Twitter, right? And this was pre-COVID, but like the first week he was hired, he's over in Seattle for a donor function, and he tweets out that he's at a bar, and anybody that shows up to the bar, he's gonna he's gonna buy him around a drink. Like you, you and I both know that that's a way to way to a cook's heart right there, right? <laughs> um, so. Uh, no, just you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You're right. And then, but, but then even more so during COVID, during the lockdown, him and the other coaches are going to local restaurants and saying, Hey, first 20 people to show up, we're buying you guys dinner, right. To help support um, the businesses in Pullman. He's, he's super engaging on Twitter and social media, which is kind of how we're living right now. That's how, that's the only way to engage. So I think he's handled that really well. So the fan base is excited. You know, we all know that wins and losses are inevitably what matters, but I think as best as he could to this point, he has endeared himself to, you know, to the Washington State faithful and they're excited that he's the head coach.
0: Now this is kind of a two-part question because I thought he started off really well. Um, So I guess the first part of this is, do you think that he's going to actually um, try to recruit Washington more than a, a leech program did? And do you think that he's going to be able to maybe poach some of those Washington guys and then, on the other side of that, he had the little snafu with the uh, recorded phone conversation. Has has the fan base moved on from that? Has he recovered from that? I know it sounded like him and the player made up a little bit, but I guess you know those are two questions for you there.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, first part with recruiting, I think there's no doubt he's going to recruit more heavily in the state of Washington than Mike Leach and his staff did. And, you know, you know, not to take away from Coach Leach, and really it was Eric Mealy, who's the running back coach for Washington State, who was the area recruiter and actually worked really hard at it, um, but seemed like they could just never kind of push, he could never push the guys in state up the chain to Coach Leach to kind of buy in, right? And so I, to me, I think that the, it was a kind of a fair indictment that they did not, recruit the state of Washington well under Mike Leach. Um, now, Coach Rolovich has shown already, right? I mean, he went and got Alphonse Oyelok from um, Kentwood, right, and, and, you know, got him right away. Um, Aiden Hector, who was an Eastside Catholic four-star, um, who ended up, you know, had his issues and didn't go to Stanford. Now he's at Washington State. Like, he's already, he's already doing it, and I think you're going to see more of that. And a lot of that has to do with him and his staff, from their time in the Mountain West, they had to recruit Washington because they needed a lot of those kids. So they have great relationships with the high school coaches in that area. And so I envision that happening a lot. In, in regards to the situation around the recording and all that, yeah, I mean, I think it's water under the bridge. I think both player and coach, you know, said, hey, you know, it was what it was. Um, you know, I think the communication around that, you know, there were some sour grapes on the on the player end. Um, the coach was being honest about the situation. And I think it, all, it has all kind of come out in a way that, you realize that, you know, Coach Rolovich is probably on the right side of that thing.
2: What's the Rolovich's of offensive
1: philosophy look like for this team? Well, he's a uh, classic run-and-shoot um, offensive coach. So run-and-shoot is differentiates itself from the air raid in a couple of different ways. The air raid is very, you know, relatively simple, right, only a few plays the idea behind the air raid is to eliminate gray area. So it's very black and white quarterback knows I'm throwing it here at this time. Receiver knows the same thing. That's what makes it really special, but it also limits it because there's so, there's just not a lot of, there's not a lot of extra stuff. You know, there's not a lot of, as you know, frankly, as Husky guys, you guys know, like if you get the defense dialed in, you can shut that thing down. And so you saw that with a few teams over the years with the air raid, the run and shoot's different, the run and shoot, first of all, it, you know it's the run and shoot that means you're going to see more number 21 max 40 you're going to see the running back featured more running the football than you did in the air raid um, you know hawaii had back-to-back thousand yard rushers under coach rolovich and brian smith the offensive coordinator who's at washington state now so that's one difference the second thing is they're going to push the ball vertically he said rolovich said over the weekend that he wants his quarterback to average 14 yards per completion where Washington or Washington State previously Mike Leach was around 10 or 11 yards per completion so they want to throw the ball vertically and then the biggest difference is that receivers in the run and shoot actually change their route based on coverage and leverage so not just like sit down and zone but I'm going to run out instead of in type of deal and so that means that quarterback and receiver have to be very on the, very much on the same page and that's going to be a challenge frankly this season but it can be lethal if you get it right, and over the course of his tenure at Washington State.
0: Yeah, and, and focusing even more in on that offensive scheme, obviously we know that Max Borgie is a, a really good running back. He was the probably the most versatile running back that Mike Leach had. He's, you know, v- very similar to a Christian McCaffrey in that he's really good out of the backfield, and he's a really strong runner. Who, you know, who's, who do you think is going to be the quarterback there and maybe – uh, one more guy on that offensive side that Washington fans should know about.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Borgie's is obviously going to be, you know, kind of the, the headliner there, you know, quarterback wise is a really interesting situation. You have three guys that I think are vying for that, that, that job. And two of them were on the roster previously, Cam Cooper, who's kind of the, the quote unquote veteran. He's the redshirt sophomore. Um, uh, and then you've got Gunnar Cruz, who's a redshirt freshman. Um, and then Jaden Delora, who's a true freshman, and you know none of those guys have taken any meaningful snaps at the at the Pac-12 level. Camin Cooper was a very highly recruited player out of Utah, a high school. He's an elite 11 quarterback. He's very gifted. You know Gunner Cruz is a big, strong passer, not the athlete that Cameron is. And then Jaden Delora has got a really interesting story. He's from Hawaii. His first offer was from Nick Rolovich at Hawaii. He played in the run and shoot at St. Louis High School, which is the best program on the island and his coach actually coached Nick Rolovich in college. So like, there's a lot of synergy there with Jane DeLore. Now he's a true freshman. So there, and, and you've had a short off season. So they all have their, they all have kind of their, you know, positives and negatives to them. And I think, you know, they're trying to figure it out. I mean, I think as of today, they're all three of them are still taking reps. So, you know, you're, you know, 10 days out or so from a game, 11 days out from a game, right. Um, They're trying to probably make that decision pretty quick, but, um, there hasn't been a ton of separation. And I think, you know, this could be a year where you see multiple guys play, um, you know, for Washington state, the other guy I would, I would, point to, um, probably on the offense for, for fans to keep an eye on is a guy named Jameer Calvin. Jameer Calvin was one of the top recruits in the country, uh, two years ago, uh, or excuse me, three years ago, I guess coming out of high school was, you know, four star USC, all those sort of things. He ends up at Washington state plays as a true freshman, you know, had a really nice season last year, got injured, missed the entire season and redshirted. He'll be back at the slot position and could be a a big-time impact player for Washington State's offense who lost a couple of receivers. Tate Martin transferred um, down to Oklahoma State. You had a couple other receivers that left due to
2: COVID and personal reasons. Moving on to to the defensive side of the ball, what does the philosophy look like for Rolovich there? Yeah, he hired a guy named Jake Dickert, who was at Wyoming, who had a ton of success coaching over at Wyoming. I mean, if you follow Mount
1: West football, Wyoming was always the team that was beating people up because they played great defense, right? So I think it's a great hire. I think, you know, a guy like Dickert has recruited, you know, well to a place like Wyoming, which is much tougher than recruiting even to a place like Pullman, right? So he's going to be able to get the type of players he wants that can be successful. I mean, he's coached multiple NFL safeties and linebackers. Um, so I think that's a re- that's a positive. Schematically, they're going to run a 4-2-5, which is a little different than what they ran previously under Tracy Clay's and and previously Alex Grinch, which was more of an odd front. They had three down linemen and kind of stand up right rush linebacker. I think it's a good switch. I mean, you you take guys that are used to having their hand in the ground, you put their hand in the ground and let them go rush the passer. I think that could help them. Um, you know, and and personnel wise, you have frankly you have a lot of depth on the two deep they just didn't play very well last year. So hopefully those guys improve because they were all, two years ago. They were great. Some of those guys. And then last year they, they didn't show a ton of improvement. Now they're looking to hopefully improve this year.
0: Yeah. And Peyton Pallur is not back for like his eighth year, is he? Sure. No, Peyton Pallur, unfortunately, we don't we don't have any more of
1: the Pallur clan in the, uh, it comes to the pipeline, I don't think, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, well, who are a couple of guys that um, fans should at least know about on that Washington State defense?
1: Yeah, number one is Jihad Woods, who probably feels like he's also coming back for his eighth year. Right, <laughs> he plays outside linebacker oh, yeah. all over the all over the field, makes a ton of plays. Coach Dickard and that staff has said they actually want Jihad to make less plays or make have less tackles because that means he's not having to do so much, right? They don't want him to have to run from the weak side of the field to the wide side of the field every play and make all these plays downfield they want him to make the plays on his side and be impactful there and so you know look for jihadwood to, to i think have a really good year though it may look different statistically than what it has in the past um he's going to be a key and then you know the secondary has it, got a lot of things happening so it's kind of hard to pin down like who that guy is going to be and that's why i think really the defensive line is the key and so you bring back a bunch of guys who have taken snaps at the pac 12 level have sacks have tackles for loss. I mean, been productive players. And the guy I'm looking for is RJ stone. He's a guy that emerged last year um, and was a a great rush end. And now he's going to be with his hand in the dirt and he's going to be playing in that four down front. And I think he could be really impactful. His his dad played for the New York giants was a, I think a hall of famer, maybe all pro for sure. And um, you know, so RJ is a guy that, you know, got the bloodlines, got the body type, uh, got the experience. Now I'd like to see him take a step forward.
2: Sorry. They will win games if? They will win games. Oh, man, this is a good one. Hey, guys.
1: To be honest <laughs> with you, I think there's two sides. Okay, let me do – I'm going to do offense and defense, to be fair. They will win games if offensively they can protect the football because I think they're going to have balance. I think they will run the football effectively. They have a great – you know, they're ensuring a three out of five on the offensive line, a couple guys with experience, Yap but if the quarterback play is not consistent and there's turn and they lose the turnover battle because of the quarterbacks that's going to be a problem. So they need to protect the football. So they can protect the football in offense and then on defense they have to rush the passer. I mean the the secondary the secondary is is talented but it, there's there's some holes in it and we saw last year I mean there was I could name five or six instances where game changing miss sacks, tackles for loss from the defensive line that, you know, if they tackle Jane Daniels in the end zone against Arizona State, game's over. And they literally – he bounces off of sack and drives 95 yards for – ends up driving the 95 yards for the game winner, right? So, you know, those instances, if the defensive line can get – rush the passer, get to the quarterback um, and be more productive, I think Washington State wins games.
2: Is it – is it something to where you think this team, this offense, could really – shoulder the load on Borgie for a a ridiculous amount and still win games? Because in my opinion, he is by far the best athlete that you guys have on that team right now. Is that something that he could handle? Is the entire workload a whole bunch? Uh, Yeah, he absolutely can handle it. And I think it's
1: vital. I think 20 to 25 touches, you know, running and rushing and receiving for for Max Borgie a, a game a win we kind of track that lot, you know through the Mike Lee It's like when Borgie had eighteen fifteen to eighteen touches, like they seem to win games, and I think the yeah. number' is twenty to twenty five
0: yeah. Awesome. So what is your definition of a successful season season for Washington State this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know I think the win, wins and losses matter. I mean I think they need to have a positive win total for sure. Um, to feel good about it and I think they have a schedule that should allow them to do it it's hard to say I mean for anybody in this this season yeah I think they need some stability on defense I think you need to see the next guy emerge quarterback wise both all three of these guys are young so whoever it is you don't want to have a a three-man carousel through these next seven games that would be really tough so you know you want to see a quarterback emerge that can be the guy for the next two to four years and you want to see some
0: stability on defense Awesome. Well, where can people find you and what are you up to nowadays?
1: Yeah. um, You know, I'm down in the Portland area. I own a business called E4 Sports, which works with young athletes, um, you know, in in football and baseball, basketball, sports uh, performance training. Um, So if you're in this area, feel free to reach out to us at e4sports.com. I also own an apparel brand called uh, American Football Brand that is kind of focused on celebrating the game you know not specifically teams and things like that but you know truly if you're a football fan and you love football um it's about you know showing your pride in the game the history the pageantry and those sort of things so you can you can check out the the gear hats t-shirts sweatshirts at uh, americanfootballbrand.com
0: awesome alex thank you
1: thanks guys appreciate it Yeah, go
0: Cougs.
1: Nugget <laughs> in. Love it. All right, well, it's
2: recording again. We'll do it. I'll, I, can, yeah. I can handle it. Go ahead. Real quick, I want an Apple Cup bet. Okay. Uh, terms are winner takes all right. UW wins. I win. Wazoo wins. You win. If UW wins, I want some of that E-Force gear. Okay, done. Okay. Wazoo wins. I'll let you drive my race car you got a race car i do have a race car
1: oh this is, i'm all in, You're all Easy in on that? money let's go okay right. Gosh, it's old. i got it i got an e-force american football brand care package with your name on it if the dogs win and then if the cougs win then i get to drive the race car
2: Ten four. 4
0: awesome i am right. in, man
2: <laughs> love it